Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we will talk about all things OCD. For more information and to contact me with questions, you can go to www.coreresults.com. That's K-O-R results.com. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Show, and I have really special guests here today, and I have Emily and Lindsay, and they are two sisters living with obsessive compulsive disorder. How fascinating is that, guys? So through years of sharing um, anxiety and saga one after another, they have come to learn that through their obsession, um, through their obsessions and um, compulsions, um, may differ, but they can use they can use the same mindfulness techniques and cognitive therapies to help cope with anxiety. And this led them to create Presently, which is a mindfulness jewelry brand that uses these very techniques to help ground you in the present moment. And guys, uh, they sent me some pictures of this. It looks really cool. I love it. And I thought this would be so awesome to have them here today so we can talk a little bit about their journey and their amazing product. So hi, girls. Hi. Hi, thank you. Thanks so for much. having us. Absolutely. Um, could you, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, the audience I'm sure would love to know and hear about is kind of your own stories with OCD. So maybe let's just start there for a minute. Sure. Want to start? Uh, sure. I've been diagnosed. I've and this is Lindsay. This is Lindsay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. She's going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Lindsay, older sister. Um, 33 and diagnosed in, what did we say? Figured 2005. 2005. She remembers dates better than <laughs> 2005. Um, but my OCD has like, it started in, started out when I was in middle school. Um, but just very, um, I don't want to say, you know, simplified OCD because no, the OCD is not simple, simple, simple at all. Um, but it was more of your, um, the common things that you hear about in OCD. The stereotypical so was, things. Right. So it was a lot of, you know, touching of, of, of light switches and making sure that, you know, I check something a certain amount of times or asked a question um, a certain amount of times and got clarity, um, making sure like this, you know, oven was turned off, making sure the doors were locked, more about like, it was basically so that nothing bad would happen if I didn't do those things. Um, and then it, it kind of transformed into, you know, having OCD kind of in the background a little bit, but it wasn't as prevalent in my life until I was in high school and it was my junior year and it took on a totally different form where I didn't even realize that it was OCD. Mm. Um, it's called existential OCD. Um, and that was scary because I, I didn't even put the two and two together. And I also was never formally diagnosed that I had OCD, but I knew that my father had it and I knew what OCD was about, but it was more so, you know, your, your, what did you call it? Stereotypical. Stereotypical. I don't even know if that's the right term, but anyway, so it, it kind of developed into another form of obsessions and compulsions and a whole different mindset of, of, of the unknown and, and what's real, what's not real. And just really doubting my own gut 
and my own self, which was very scary. And um, it's hard to kind of know that you're going through something like it's hard to kind of pinpoint what you're that that is OCD. And I didn't know that it was that was OCD until I actually went to therapy and talked to someone about it. My mom actually did some research and told me that it was part of OCD, which is fascinating because I didn't know that there was other types of, you know, obsession yeah. compulsion mm-hmm. and that it can go this far out of the norm of yeah. thinking. Um, and yeah, so, so that's kind of something that like rocked my world in, in high school and um, continually still have existential OCD on a day-to-day basis, but it's not to the level of panic that it brought to me when I was in high school because I didn't know what it is. Now that I know that it is part of OCD, I understand how how you can get there, you know, and how you can have those thoughts and those obsessions. Um, So just something that like, if I, you know, I wish I would have known because that would have literally saved me so much fear and so much you know, intense emotions and questioning of things that, you know, no one should ever have to go through. Yeah. To be honest, if I could tell you how often I hear that, right? Like if I only knew about, you know, all the different kind of subtypes and all the different ways that it can manifest, um, it definitely would have saved, I think a lot of people, a lot of (laughs) time and trouble. Um, but you know, for anybody listening, if they're not quite sure what existential OCD is, can you maybe share just not, not to get super personal, but if you're okay to share just maybe a couple of things that, you know, were the common things that you noticed like, Oh yeah, Yeah. this is where I get kind of sticky. Yeah. So it was, um, it started when I, I started doubting reality and started not, not being sure if, how would I know if I'm alive or how would I know if I was dead? And like thinking in that sense, it's kind of hard to like put into words of that feeling, but it's just the unknown and the, the un- like suddenly everything around you feels like fake. Yeah. You know? um, and also just like, if I were to feel a certain way, how would I know if that's even the truth? It just, it goes, it gets extreme. Yes. Cause OCD right? is a doubting disease, right? So you right. literally can doubt everything you, anything you can imagine can, right. you know, you can doubt. <laughs> so that's how it all started. And it was, it was basically whether I was, how do I know if I'm still, if I'm alive, like, even if I'm having a conversation with someone, I couldn't even, I'd get myself so freaked out that I wasn't sure and questioning that like my stomach was in knots for like months and months and months. Um, but now, you know, I still have those, those thoughts and those thoughts are more like, how do I know if I didn't get hit by a car? How do I know if, if, um, I got roofied or not roofied, got roofied or not roofied. That's (laughs) what I had the other day. Um, and, and just thinking about things that your mind kind of goes into this spiral of just, um, you know, very irrational way of thinking but feels very real and you can't it's hard to it's hard to kind of like get past that unless you have a sister um who says go on the date you know this is just OCD it's just part of it not giving in not telling me that no you're not going to be roofied no you're not going to be hit by a car but saying I'm not answering you know your OCD and kind of living with just living with uncertainty is, is all that it is about that I've learned is that's OCD. It's just living with the unknown. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And what about you? Um, yeah. So my um, OCD is a little different um, and I didn't, it wasn't actually diagnosed until 2016. Um, and I guess it kind of started, well, I noticed I was anxious from my first memory, like as a kid, I just, you know, in separation anxiety, um, I, you know, wouldn't stay over sleepovers. And, you know, if it was down the street, I'd call my mom to come pick me up. And, you know, then I got to middle school and I would call my mom on the phone every day at lunch. And like, to this day, like my friends are like, yeah, you were the girl like on the payphone at lunch, like crying. And that was just always what I thought it was like, I just, I'm anxious for some reason. I'm, you know, attached to my parents. Um, and then when I got into college, um, it sort of shifted to, you know, whatever I was doing in the moment. So I was going out, I was drinking, um, you know, meeting new people. And so, um, you know, the first example, I just, I can think of the most basic example I was, um, and a lot of this had to do with drinking because drinking impairs your judgment and sometimes you forget things when you're drunk. And so that like, I think that's really what like spiraled it. Um, and I remember just like waiting outside on a line at a bar um, and I leaned my head against like the wall, like a brick wall. And I just had this thought like, what if like somebody peed on this wall and it's like in an alley and now I have to like pee in my hair and I have to go home and shower. And so that was like the, I think that was like the first time I kind of felt like that, like I so desperately wanted to go home and shower, even though the logic, like if I was standing up here, you know, like however tall I am, it's logically doesn't really make any sense. But in my head, I like, that's all I could think about. Um, and then I'd go to my friends, you know, my friend saw me crying and she sort of like, you know, what's going on. Um, and I sort of had to tell her and she was like, like, okay, do what you have to do, but like, you're totally fine. Um, and so, you know, that was definitely a big theme in college. Um, another one was um, sexual orientation OCD. Um, so kind of like, you know, when all this anxiety started, I, and I think I was like in a psych, a psychology class in college and something came up about, you know, how kids, you know, like develop curiosity or something to that nature. And I sort of like zoomed all the way back to like middle school and elementary school when I was like anxious about everything. And because in high school, I was like, like, I didn't really, you know, I was fine. I wasn't super anxious about really anything. And that kind of almost triggered my memory um, about all these things that I was like, you know, concerned about. And then I sort of remembered like, oh, I remember when I was younger, like, I used to like be afraid that I would smoke cigarettes or I'd have to confess to my mom that I'd watched an R-rated movie. It was like these little things that you sort of forget. And then once you remember them, you're kind of like everything like kind of clicks into place. Um, and so the sexual orientation OCD kind of came back with me in college. And so, you know, as I was with, you know, I was dating someone at the time and, you know, so that's a whole nother, like, do I tell him this? Like, do I know? How do I know? How do I not know? Like, 
you know, I saw this girl who was pretty, like, does that mean I'm attracted to her? I'm attracted to women and I shouldn't be with my current boyfriend, like those kinds of thoughts. Um, And yeah, so after college, I think it was like right after I graduated, I think the uh, sexual orientation OCD kind of stopped me from going to therapy because I felt like it was something I couldn't even like speak out loud. Mm. Um, but I think it just got to the point where I was like, this is like enough. Like I need to go to therapy and Lindsay had been to therapy. And, um, at this point, like I still didn't know I had OCD. Um, I didn't really know what it was. I thought I was just anxious and I just needed some help. Um, and then the first session she diagnosed me with OCD. And I always think this is so interesting because I would never think that anything that I was going through was OCD um, until she started explaining it to me. And then all those things from the past sort of clicked into place. And so, you know, like, and Lindsay, like, even though she was so well-versed in OCD at the time, like, she didn't know that like me confessing to my mom or like me feeling super guilty about the silliest things was OCD. I didn't even know that that was a part of OCD. Right. Like, I don't think we really kind of discovered all the different types of OCD until recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's kind of where we, we started. Like, I know Lindsay has been very outspoken about her OCD and anxiety because she always wants to help people. And like, she knows that if she had known something earlier, if someone had like talked to her earlier, she could have you know helped them. Um, And so just by the fact that like we barely knew all this, any of this stuff before we started like really digging into it. And we had OCD ourselves. And we had OCD ourselves. Like we're just thinking like there's so many people out there that probably have no idea that what they're experiencing is OCD or what they're experiencing is totally normal. Like no one's ever really told me that like thoughts, sometimes thoughts are not facts. Like it's just like, it's just very. And something that I've always something that I'm always saying is like, I don't understand why we're not taught about mental health in our, you know, what is what elementary, school, elementary school, when you're taught about like how the body works and how all these different um, organs. parts, organs and things in your body, how they work. And, you know, we're taught about, you know, um, when you get your period and how that is. And it's like, nothing is about the mental health about it, but that's like the most important part. (laughs) Um, At least when we were in school, I don't, yeah, I don't know know how it is now. And I don't think it is. I still don't think it's as, as um, talked about and, and brought up as it should be, because I think a lot of people suffer um, from mental health and the, and the fact that we're not speaking about it and it's not part of, the culture or now it's starting to become more and more prevalent in our culture. But before it's like, if you didn't, people were like nervous to talk about it, embarrassed to talk about it, but it's like, that's what we're trying to break is trying to break that um, barrier so that people can feel more comfortable, you know, sharing their stories. Cause I think once you share your story, it it lets someone else share their story and it just helps people, you know, get out of that, um, that frame that head headspace where it's it's not okay to share because it really is 
Yeah. So thank you both for sharing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you were saying that I think everybody would relate to is, I mean, even in my, in my practice or, you know, all the people I've ever worked with, like, this is literally such a common story that you hear over and over again, right? Is mm-hmm. like, I just didn't know, like, I didn't know that this was part of it because what you see in the media, right. It's more like lining things up or like something dirty that I touched or like turning something yeah. off and on. It's kind of, that's it. Right. And it's like, there's like, I think I think one of my podcasts I got, got into uh, just naming, going through a little bit about each subtype. And I think there was like 19, you know, different ones. And the reality is like, you know, whatever is really most important to you as a person, like that's the stuff that'll stick. So really, you know, anything can become a compulsion and your brain can, you know, suddenly right. start to kind of attach to different things. But more than anything, it's like you guys were saying, right. It's just, it's also learning about how OCD brains work a little differently yeah. um, than other brains, right. Just like if somebody has ADHD, their brain is processing and working a little differently than an OCD brain. Right. Or, right. you know, so yeah, learning some of those pieces definitely can help tremendously. Yeah. Right. And then, to realize like, I don't have to take all this stuff personally or so seriously. Like my body's just like, my brain's doing what it's supposed to do. It's creating a lot of thoughts and content. That's great. But like, I get to decide what I do with those. Right. Um, Cool. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of the journey from that to this company that you guys created, which I just think it's so awesome. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I guess how it started. Well, you know, we're in COVID 2020. Um, and, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety and, you know, we both kind of moved home and, you know, along with like the, the germ anxiety and everything, it's like, well, now I can't see my friends and I'm afraid to see my friends. And also my boyfriend started law school that year and in a different state. And so it's, there was a lot of things that I was struggling with. Um, And so I kind of just like wanted something personal that would kind of remind me what my therapist taught me um, in those cases where like my anxiety is so extreme where I can't really like focus and hone in on like what she taught me because the OCD thoughts are kind of like taking space and taking over. And so I was like, how like great would that be if I could just have you know, like something on my wrist, um, that sort of brought me back and like, you know, reminded me of like, maybe there's like one thing that my therapist taught me that sort of like got me out of my head a little bit. Um, and that one phrase is my thoughts are passing clouds. Um, it took me a while to figure out which phrase I, I could even use because I did some like Googling and, you know, tried to find like I didn't even know what to call it, like affirmations or reminders for OCD or anything. And I couldn't really come up with anything really at the time. Um, And a lot of what I saw was, you know, positive affirmations like, um, you know, good vibes only or think happy thoughts or, you know, Hakuna Matata, like all these things that I know my therapist would not be telling me in session, like, don't <laughs> yes. worry about it. Just don't, <laughs> don't, That's right. <laughs> don't think about it. Um, you know, it's like, like the opposite action of all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was trying to look for this phrase that didn't exist that I couldn't find. And so, you know, I was just, I came downstairs to talk to Lindsay, who is also living and working at home. Um, 
And I was just like, I think like I have an idea, like, wouldn't this be so cool to like help people with um, OCD and even anxiety too, because there are so many things like dealing with your own emotions or, or dealing with, you know, me, like some people sometimes have intrusive thoughts. They might not have OCD. Like mm-hmm. there's just certain things that, um, that people without OCD can also benefit from, um, not saying to themselves, like, you can't be sad, like, don't be sad, be happy, like be in a, a better headspace, a better mindset, and you'll be happier, that sort of thing. Um, and Lindsay has always, you know, loved to share her story. Um, you know, she's gotten up in front of rooms at, I think it was like a forum or so, like a mm-hmm. weekend forum where she just kind of like explained her experience. And so many people would like come up to her and be like, that's so amazing that you shared. Like, and I always thought that was so cool. And I never, you know, I'm just like a more quiet person. And so I couldn't see myself doing that. But I felt like this was a way to combine sort of both of our you know, ways of communicating and helping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we we came up with these six phrases um, and each of them we came up with very carefully because we wanted to make sure that we sort of covered like every sort of like, not theory, but every um, idea that helps you kind of get through OCD. So, you know, the first one is brave the uncomfortable. You know, this could be like brave the uncomfortable thoughts that you're feeling, that you're thinking, or brave the uncomfortable feelings that you're feeling, or, you know, braving the uncomfortable if you don't have OCD is like doing something that's out of your comfort zone, but might help you grow. Um, We have embrace uncertainty, which is like a huge part of OCD. Um, Which I think can apply to anyone. Like all of these things. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I guess the point is like all of these things can really help anybody. Um, and so that's what we thought was pretty cool. And I think after realizing all the phrases that we've used and that we use in that are used in cognitive behavioral therapy are just things that any person or any human should, they should be taught. Like you get it. Like, I don't know. Let's say something like it's such so basic and so simple, but no one else was sharing it out there and no one else was telling, sharing their story and sharing all these, you know, helpful things that, that have gotten them through, gotten them to the place where they are today. And it's because of, you know, it's because of therapy that really helps us learn, you know, all these different tools. And we, that's, that's great. That's great. But not everyone has the ability to go to therapy or no, not everyone is comfortable going to therapy. So we wanted to make it so that everyone can access, you know, something like what we're, well, even if, if, even if it's not a bracelet, it's just, you know, reading our Instagram or, you know, watching, you know, podcasts that we do just to understand that, like, there's other ways to get help and there's other ways to like, you know, figure out what's going on in your mind and, and, and just kind of being that support for, you know, anyone that really needs it. Yeah. And what I love really is that, you know, out of COVID, you know, having something like this, I mean, I think, I think, like what you're to your point, right? I think the more 
we can keep plugging in different products and bringing these ideas to life to help the OCD community all together, right? I think that's all wonderful and beneficial, right? Because a lot of times people don't even know that there is an OCD community, like International OCD Foundation, right? Like they're massive and they have so many different pieces of information on there, right? There's providers who outside of their practice create like self-directed courses or eBooks, or there's like um, ERP-based coloring book, right. like, right? Like now, like this product, which, which has, you know, these bracelets with these reminders and prompts, um, you know, where, you know, if when folks start to plug in a little bit more into the community, they realize like, oh yeah. And when you start to hear these things about like acceptance commitment therapy, right? Like exposure response prevention, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, mindfulness-based approaches, like a lot of acronyms. I will say this field has so many acronyms, but (laughs) when you get to learn these different pieces, you know, and then the more you start to go to different accounts, you know, and if you're just starting off there or, you know, you decide to pick up a book, um, and read it, you know, you'll start to hear this terminology and you'll start to recognize like it, it really starts to be kind of everywhere and you can surround yourself with it. But to your point also that even if you don't have OCD, but you're dealing with anxiety still, like a lot of right. these are so relevant, right? But but I love that you specifically actually went out and to make sure that you actually create some of these phrases for OCD, because I cannot tell you how awesome it is to, you know, have something like this, right? That's just such a great reminder that you can literally have right on you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you can pick and choose from your six different phrases or all of them if you want. Um, of course, as I always tell people, you know, non-compulsively, my friends. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, it's just great. It's a great thing to just have different tools and strategies, yeah. right? To help to continue to anchor and ground you, Um you know, like with acceptance commitment therapy, as they say, you know, and your values and things that actually matter to you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, in, and in a life you actually want to live, um, not mm-hmm. in this OCD story, right? Right. And it's always hard. It's, you know, what I've found is, you know, yeah, you commit to all these things during your session, during, during, you know, when you have therapy, but like sometimes when you're in the thick of like a really intense thought, like it is really hard to pull yourself out and it's really hard to be reminded if you don't have a sister living with you but, or if you don't have family or if no one know, else knows about it, it's like just being that extra support of like having a reminder, something that kind of just, you know, reminds you of the things that you've learned or the things that you haven't learned and, you know, you know, should exactly. Be. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's exactly, it's a support system. And then even if, and when, you know, you don't, it's, it's that, um, you know, self-accountability, right? Like how can I continue to be accountable to myself for my own well-being? Right. Like, right, what kind of things do, do I need to have around me or for myself so that I can set myself up for success, right? Yeah. Whether it's reminders or prompts or notes or, you know, there's a bazillion apps, you can record yeah. stuff, you can put it in calendars. I mean, using all the different tools you have to support yourself, exactly right. Because yeah, you're right. You know, when you're, when you're really kind of smack hit, hit with it, like, everything kind of halts because your whole system, as I always say, gets really hijacked and suddenly, you know, yeah, you're like temporarily, you just don't know, like, wait, is this a threat? Is it not a threat? Do I do something? Do I not wait? What's going on? Ah, right. So you got to get stuck. Um, yeah, I love that you guys created this product really do. Um, so how can people find you if they want to find you and buy these awesome bracelets? Yeah, so we are um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media networks as um, at Think Presently. Our website is thinkpresently.com. Um, 
Yeah. And you can, you can follow us. Um, we tried to post, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, we post pictures of the bracelets, but we also post, um, you know, fun tidbits of information that might just help you get through your day. Awesome. Um, and can I ask, cause I'm sure people might be wondering how much are the bracelets? Yes. So they range from 45 to, um, 56, um, $5 of every bracelet does get donated to your choice of four, um, charities. So we do, um, International CD Foundation, Child, uh, Child Mind Institute, um, ADAA, which is Anxiety and Depression Association of America and National uh, Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, oh, the awesome. New York, the New York um, branch. So, Chapter, yeah. um, you know, when you go to checkout, you can, there's a little box that says, which one would you like to donate to? Um, so yeah, it's, 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 we just wanted to, you know, have a tool that was, you know, still nice quality because you are wearing it every day, but also is affordable so that as many people as possible can. And we also um, created mirror clings as well. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we have little $5 stickers with the phrases on them as so you well. Can sing it I love mirror. it. Yeah. Or window and, and, and it can be reusable. So I love it. Those are awesome. Of course, I'll include all of that in my show notes. But thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Thank you so much much. for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you have any questions you want me to answer in future podcasts or any other comments, you can go to coreresults.com backslash contact backslash. That's coreresults, K-O-R-R-E-S-U-L-T-S dot com backslash contact.